0: She said, I just imagine him getting up from the throne, hanging his royal robe up on a hanger, and he just gets smaller and smaller and smaller until he's gone from heaven, and he's here on earth. And I I thought that was a a really good description. But um, just pray for me.
1: Amen. Thank the Lord for what Jesus did for us. Amen. Are you thankful for the love of Jesus?
0: <clears throat>
1: I don't know about anybody else, but I just spent a lot of time this afternoon contemplating uh, that that uh, center woman that just uh, went over and beyond to demonstrate the love that she had for Jesus. And uh, I want to be like her. Don't you? rather than that old Pharisee, self-righteous, uh, amen, thought he was uh, in a place or a position of entitlement, uh, that it was, he thought it was an honor for Jesus to be with him, but it was an honor for him to be with Jesus, amen, praise God, well, uh, somebody else have a song for us tonight, something on your heart, uh, God been good to you, turn the mic down a little bit if you will, Holly. Uh, <clears throat> amen. Special blessing the Lord's bestowed upon your life before we go any further in the service tonight. Lee is still not going to sing for us this evening. I've been good to anybody tonight. Amen. So very excited about tonight's message, how it's gonna just uh, uh, just highlight the uh, the fact that we have been given access. Uh, Amen. In the harvest field of our kinsman redeemer. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. I I don't even have to ask for permission. I can just go on in and and glean in the field anytime I want to. Amen. Just what a blessing. Anybody else have a song or anything tonight? Caroline and Carly are working on one. Uh, Caroline has a double ear infection, amen. Uh, too bad it's in her ears and not her mouth, praise God, uh, amen. Uh, she don't have a problem talking, but she does have a problem listening, but I think most kids are that way, uh, amen, but we're working on one, and it uh, goes right along with the, uh, the message this morning, so I'm excited about that. Dad, sing something before I preach tonight.
2: Thank you. best to do that. It takes God's grace, God's mercy, God's forgiveness, and to make you a new yeah. creature. We're going to talk a little about that next week in our Sunday school lesson, about how Paul was made a new creature. What Paul gained, what Paul gave us. all what we have now the
1: we have I think uh, my favorite part of all is we preach messages and, and uh, sing songs about what the Lord did for other people and the word of God. but I'm thankful He did the same for me. It's a personal thing. I'm afraid that a lot of people miss that. It's not, salvation is not general in nature it's personal amen it's a personal transaction uh, between uh, God and a sinner Uh, and um, I really believe and you know this is a cliche so to speak but uh, I believe it and that is if I was the only one I still believe he died just for me don't you amen and uh, when he was on the cross, not only was I on his mind, but my sins were on his shoulders. Amen. But that burden that was too heavy for me, his shoulders were big enough to carry my cross. Amen. My guilt and my shame. And I'm thankful for that. Well, anyone else tonight before we preach? I'm ready to rip. I'm excited about uh, tonight's message. I want to make sure I've provided you with every opportunity tonight. Ruth chapter number two. Ruth chapter number two. In the word of God, Holly, I know I'm working you to death. Get Carly to bring me some water. Preferably without cyanide in it. Amen. You never know. <laughs> Ruth chapter number two, if you found your place, say amen. Amen. Bible says, and Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's. Uh, you know, the storm, story of Naomi and Ruth, it's not about Naomi or Ruth, it, it's about Boaz. I'm thankful for my heavenly Boaz tonight, aren't you? He was a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech. And his name was Boaz, and Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and he said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said, Boaz and his servant that was set over the reapers, whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set in over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers amongst the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now, that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide there fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young man have drawn then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me seeing I am a stranger and Boaz answered and said unto her it hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me, and for that thou hast spoken. Friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaidens. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime, come thou hither and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers. And he reached her parched corn, and she did eat. And she was sufficed and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young man, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not and let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field unto even and beat out that she had gleaned and it was about an ephah of barley and she took it up and she went into the city and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today, and where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought, and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, and hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of us, one of our next kinsmen. And Ruth the Moabitess said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young man until they have ended all my harvest. And Naomi said unto Ruth her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go uh, out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz, to glean unto the end of barley harvest, and of wheat harvest, and dwelt with her mother-in-law. Father in heaven, I love you. Thank you, God, for uh, this service. Thank you for the privilege we have to gather here tonight, Lord, in your presence, and your people, uh, to glean for your wor- from your word. And Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, that just as, uh, Lord, the one we preached about this morning, the woman who uh, was willing to take the initiative and, and boldly enter into the, to the house of another just so she could worship the Lord. God, I'm thankful that you've given us, who are saved, that same privilege and that same opportunity to worship you. And God, Lord, I pray that as we enter into what I consider to be one of the great chapters in the entirety of God's Word, I pray that you just help us, Lord, not to leave anything on the table. Now, Lord, I can't preach this. On my own and through my own abilities or strength. But Lord, I need your touch. I need your unction. Lord, I need your anointing. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, that you'd give me clarity of mind. And Lord, enlighten, uh, Lord, my eyes. And Lord, open all of our hearts that we would realize, God, (laughs) just uh, what we have access to by way of our identification with our kinsmen Redeemer. Lord, I do love you tonight. Lord, I just thank you for thy word. And God, I pray that you just help us to be faithful and rightly dividing the word of truth tonight. Honor your word. Exalt your son by way of your humbled servant. We'll praise you for who you are and what you do. In Jesus' name we pray, all God's people said. Um, again, last week we introduced the book of Ruth. We uh, talked about this Jewish man by the name of Elimelech who during a time of drought, a time of severe famine that was occurring in Bethlehem, Judah, the place of bread, amen, Uh, he made a knee-jerk reaction to leave um, the center of the will of God and travel into Moab, and um, amen, friends, we must be careful, we must make sure that, um, that we're not guilty of leaving the place of bread during a time of famine. Amen. Because if God, amen, uh, if it's the house of bread, sooner or later God's going to give us bread. Yeah. Amen. And uh, again, uh, we talked about uh, Melon and Chilion and the two sons of Elimelech and how that their names kind of indicate that they were sickly. And uh, then you have Naomi uh, a woman whose name means that she was a pleasant lady, but through the experiences that she endured while in Moab. And, brother, when you go to Moab, nothing good's going to come of it. Amen. You went out full, but you're going to come home empty. And that's what happened to Naomi. And as a result of the bad experiences, she wanted to blame God for it and say the Lord had, no, it was just a consequence of her own sinful choices that she made and, and that of her husband. But, um, amen, she came home and she wanted her name to be changed over tomorrow because uh, she had become a bitter person. And, uh, again, there's a lot of things about the, the things we experience in life that we can't change. Uh, amen. But one thing we can do is, is uh, we can change is how we respond to the things we face in life. And what we go through will either make us bitter or better. Amen. And I don't want to be guilty of becoming a bitter person. But, amen, then we're introduced to these two Moabitess uh, daughter-in-laws of Naomi, one by the name of Orpha, who chose to remain uh, in Moab and and worship her gods according to the bad advice that she received from her mother-in-law, Naomi. But then you had Ruth, amen, who was bound and determined, uh, amen, not to go with the flow and not... Uh, not to do that, that which made sense to her, but she said, no me, where you're going, that's where I'm going to do or go and where you're, where you're going to be, that's where I'm going to be. And your gods are going to be my gods, your people are going to be my people. And uh, amen. It was not a logical decision, but it was the right decision. Uh, amen. And uh, uh, praise God, although there was a time of famine in the land of Bethlehem, Judah, uh, amen, there, uh, that came to pass and it didn't last forever. And eventually uh, God revisited His people, amen, and I believe He'll do the same for us as well. But tonight we're going to get in on into this, the story. Let me say this before I get any further. Uh, one thing I failed to point out, and we're going to see it, it's going to be more relevant as we move through the book. But, you know, I, I love the study of typology in the Word of God. The types and pictures, again, whether it be Old Testament or New Testament, it's all about Jesus. Uh, Amen. In every story, you can find uh, a picture of Jesus Christ. And you see that uh, here in this story, certainly Boaz being a type of Jesus. Amen. Our kinsman redeemer. But there is also a special relationship between uh, Naomi and Ruth. I believe Naomi represents the Jews. On the other hand... uh, uh, Ruth represents the Gentiles And it was through Naomi Or through uh, Ruth's uh, relationship with Naomi That she, uh, she, she gained access uh, Into uh, the blessings uh, uh, That were reserved for the Jewish people Amen Well I'm thankful that the Lord Through the, through that, through the Jews' rejection It provided we uh, who are nothing but old Gentile dogs with an opportunity to be saved and to get into the family, hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. He came into His own, His own received Him not, but to as many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. I love that verse of Scripture. All right, well, let's get right into it tonight, and I hope this will be a blessing. I do need your prayer. I, I, I tell you, this is to me, this is big boy preaching. And sometimes you wonder whether you're not whether you cut out for it or not, but I believe the Lord will help us along the way. First of all, there is a connection, and Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's. And uh, if you you see when when Naomi came back uh, into Bethlehem, Judah, she did so hopeless. You know, she considered herself as good as dead. That's one of the reasons that she recommended to both Orpha and Ruth, that they, don't, that, that they did not uh, travel back to Bethlehem, Judah, with her, but to remain in Moab. And the reason uh, was because uh, Naomi didn't see any prospects of a future uh, for herself, let alone her daughter-in-law's. Amen. But we are going to see how that even during a time of hopelessness, God provided uh, Naomi with an opportunity for hope. Amen. And it was through one that she didn't even know exist. And that was this, or maybe she had known about him, but she had forgotten that there was a man named Boaz who was a kinsman unto Elimelech. Uh, And we're going to see at the end of the story that everything that Naomi lost by way of Elimelech, she gained back through Boaz. Hallelujah, glory to God. Aren't you thankful that that, uh, amen, even the devil's a thief, amen, he is a, he, he'll steal from us, he'll rob us, that's why it's important for us to uh, put up a border and a boundary uh, and an avenue of protection around the assets and the resources that the Lord has provided to us, because I'm telling you, the devil's got sticky fingers, amen, and if he can get his hands on the blessings that God is, listen, you better value uh, your blessings because i promise you satan does amen uh, but there was a connection and and naomi's hope was not found in herself and it certainly wasn't found in ruth but it was found in her kinsman amen her redeemer her intercessor her mediator amen uh, and that's what uh, that's where our hope is i'm thankful that we have a mediator we, there, is one, uh, there is one God and one mediator between God and man. The Bible says He is the man, Christ Jesus. Are you thankful for your mediator? Amen. A go-between. That's what Boaz was. You see, their blessings, the blessings of Naomi and Ruth, were uh, dependent upon their identification with Boaz. Amen. And our blessings and I, everything we have... You know, again, we've studied a little bit, and I don't know. I thought about getting back into it. But the book of Romans, you know, uh, especially when you get into chapter number five, after Paul spends the first few chapters establishing the reality of our justification by way of faith, then he gets into the benefits and blessings uh, of, of justification what we have access to by way. And that's what it says uh, being justified by faith, Romans 5, verse 1, we have access. Amen. Aren't you thankful we have access? And that's what this is all about. But it is all made possible, not through ourselves and by way of anything we have to offer, but it's all through our identification with our mediator and with our kinsman, redeemer, Jesus, our heavenly Boaz. Aren't you thankful tonight you've got a heavenly Boaz? All right, so there's a description. He was a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech. And I think what we can gather from this, uh, not only was he uh, related uh, to Naomi's uh, husband, that a deceased husband, but he was also a man of means. In other words, not only was he related to Naomi, but he was a man who had both of the desire and the ability to help Naomi. And brethren, aren't you thankful tonight that our heavenly Boaz and our mediator, uh, amen, he's a man of means. Uh, Amen, he he has both the desire and the ability to meet our needs and to do for us what we need him to do. And uh, you know, it's not enough to want to help somebody, you've got to have the ability to help them. There's people who's come to me over the course of my life, said, Brother Nick, preacher, can you help me? Uh, Amen, and, and God knows my heart if I could. I'd wave a magic wand and I'd fix everybody's problems, but I don't have the ability to do that, but I know who does. Amen, I serve a God who is able. He is a God of abundance. He is more than enough uh, to meet our needs and to do for us what we need Him to do. Amen, and listen, because of that, I don't care what kind of state that we're in, and again, Naomi, she couldn't blame anybody but herself. Amen, She, she wanted to Play the victim card and say, it's Lord, you're the one who brought this upon me. No, friend, but praise God, he was the one that could bring her out of it. Yeah. Amen. And, and listen, because of our heavenly Boaz, because we too have a kinsman redeemer, no matter what our estate is, there's always hope. Not in us. Listen, my hope my, better not be in dad. I know dad, if, you know, if he could, he'd help me. If he could, he'd make me a better golfer. We've tried that, and I don't think there's any hope for either of us. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, we played golf, uh, uh, amen, on Black Friday. That's a whole lot better than being in the, in the shopping malls. Can I get a witness tonight? Amen. In the first nine holes, he played like Jack Nicholas or or- and Arnold Palmer. But then uh, old age crept in, and whereas on the front nine, he played like Dad. On the back nine, he played like Papa. Hallelujah. Uh, amen. Listen, there's things that we'd like to do for each other, but we're not able. But I'm glad that I have a heavenly Boaz who is more than enough to do for me what I need him to do. You help me preach tonight. Amen. Are you thankful for your heavenly Boaz? Amen. His name was Boaz, which simply means a man of strength. Now there's an inquisition, and Ruth the Moabitess, Said unto Naomi, let me now go to the field. Now, what we see in in Ruth, now don't get me wrong, what happened to her was according to grace. Just as everything that, that you and I possess in life, it's not because of who we are or what we've done, but because of what our heavenly Boaz has done for us. But yet still, I want you to notice the initiative of... on on the part of Ruth. In other words, she didn't just sit back and expect, uh, amen, uh, uh, the sheaves to come to her. But she was willing to go out into the field even though she wasn't, uh, she didn't have a a legal right to do so. Again, she was a Moabitess. She had no uh, no claim to the land or to the field that she went to work, work in, but yet still she said, let me now go to the field. You know that's what God needs. He needs, He's looking for some people that go into the field. Amen? Not just sit in a church house and wait for God to bring it to us, but for us to go out in the harvest field and work. One thing you got to say about Ruth is she was a worker. Amen? And she was rewarded of the fruit of her labor. Amen. Friend, I want to remind you tonight, the church house is in the harvest field, the world is. And if we're going to bring some shields, if we want to see a yield, uh, amen, if we're going to see some handfuls on purpose here at United Baptist Church, I believe they're out there. I believe God's just as able to fill this church tonight as He ever has been. There's no reason for any of us to have an attitude of defeatism in our lives. I'm telling you, God's able, but He's looking for us to do our part. Amen. She said, let me go to the field. Amen. Boy, wouldn't that be great? By the way, plan on going to the parade next Sunday and, and uh, do some uh, evangelism. Uh, amen. We're looking for some that go into the field. Amen. And spread the word and, and pray that God would, would bless our efforts of obedience. Amen. So but now look at the expectation. Not only did she say, I'm going to the field, but she said, I'm going to glean ears of corn after him in, in whose sight I shall find grace. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? You say, what is that? That's an expression of faith. She'd never met Boaz. She didn't know there was such a man named Boaz, as far as we know. But yet she had faith, believing that if she would go into the harvest field, God would bless her obedience. You say, preacher, what was her obedience found in the Word of God? Can I prove that to you? Uh, Leviticus 19. You don't have to turn. You can write these down. Verse number 9 and 10, And when ye reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field, neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest, and thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard, thou shalt leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Then in chapter number 23 of 20, verse 22 of that same book, Leviticus, And when ye reap the harvest of your land, Thou shalt not make clean riddance of the corners of thy field. When thou reapest, neither shalt thou gather any gleaning of thy harvest. Thou shalt leave them unto the poor, and to the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Now listen, I don't know, but could it be that maybe Naomi had been teaching Ruth the law, that that Gentile Moabitess, said here's here's the the law, and she's found a loophole in there. Uh, Amen. Where are we going to find us any bread? I mean, there's... Uh, we, we, don't, uh, there, there's, we don't even have access to the field. And all of a sudden they saw that law, amen, that when they harvest the wheat in the land, they, weren't, they were to, to leave the, the, the wheat, the leftovers in the corners for the poor. Amen. Aren't you thankful that God it loves the poor? Amen. That's all I am, just a poor man. I'm just a beggar, Uh, amen, but God loved this beggar enough so that he might provide me some bread, amen, to fall from the table, just like, amen, the beggar, amen. Praise God. And I really believe this was an act of obedience. It It was a step of faith for Ruth, not just to go glean in a field that she really didn't have access to, but believing that she went that she would find grace in the sight of a man she'd never met. Isn't that wonderful? By the way, I hope you do know that Ruth is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Amen? That's right. She was an important person. She may may have been a Moabitess, but she was somebody in the eyes of God, and God had big plans for her life. And am I right, Uh, Boaz, the grandfather, the great-grandfather of King David, right? Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Listen, God had a purpose. Listen, nothing that happened to Ruth, nothing that occurred in the life of Ruth was a coincidence or an accident. It was a journey of grace. Amen. Uh, Now there's a permission, verse number 2, and she said unto her, Go, my daughter. Now again, Naomi, she wasn't willing to go herself, but she was willing to send Ruth. Uh, Amen. Naomi didn't have, but listen, Could I say this evening that Ruth's hope, not only did her hope save herself, but it also saved her mother-in-law. Amen? You know, in this day where it's easy to give up and to quit and say, what's the use of keeping the doors open open, and why would we even continue coming to church and serve the Lord and just going to go just, uh, amen, live my life the way I want to live and do what I want to live. Friend, if you give up, uh, amen, uh, amen, what's going to happen to those that depend upon your hope? Amen? This is a world of hopelessness. Amen? This is a world full of people who have no hope. And if God's people lose hope, then their souls are damned. And listen, there may be a reason for them not to have hope, But you and I are without excuse because we serve the God of all hope. Amen. How many of you say, Preacher, I believe there's hope tonight? Hope for the hopeless. Amen. We ought to be hopeful. That's right. Occupation. And she went, verse 3, and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. Amen. She she uh, She didn't obtain grace because of her work. Amen, but I believe that she did receive a reward because of her work. Amen, God rewards labor. Can I say that tonight? God rewards labor. And you know what there's too much of in the church house today? Laziness. You know why a lot of churches are empty tonight? Because of laziness. Amen, listen, if we be faithful about the Father's business, I believe the Lord will reward our efforts. Amen. Amen. An occasion. Boy, I love this. This chapter is just absolutely filled. And her hap, her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. You, you say, preacher, what do you find in this chapter? We see the unseen hand of God operating in and through the life of we're well, really not just the life of Naomi and Ruth, but also Boaz. In other words, God arranged the circumstances so that the stars lined up for Ruth and Naomi to receive the help that they need, but also for His purpose to be fulfilled. Brother, if you're saved, your life is not an accident or a coincidence, it's a purpose. God has a purposeful intent for our lives and God is not a god of disorder but he's a god of of order and structure. And sometimes it seems as if our lives are falling a- a- apart, but I'm telling you tonight friend, amen, if you're God's child, it's all falling right into place according to his perfect will. Her hap. Amen. You ever had those just 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 it just so happened experiences in life. Now I'm not trying to get all experience based tonight but I just I do believe in the sovereignty of God I believe in the providence of God and I believe that the steps of a good man are ordered by God and, and I do and listen we ought not live by signs amen uh, a wicked and an evil generation seek after a sign well listen I'm just telling you friend uh, I, I do believe that I can point back to my life and I can I can point my finger at them and I and say, you know, that wasn't an accident, that wasn't a coincidence, that was God that allowed my the pathway of my life to cross paths with this person or this individual uh, who had a great influence in and upon my life, and we talked about last Sunday, one of the things that led me into this study was, you know, I, I having a bad day and, you know, feeling sorry for myself, and out of the blue, somebody uh, wanted to talk to me that I hadn't heard from, and almost... Fifteen years, and man, we got to talking before it was all said. And I think we, we both cheered one another up, brother. Well, that, that's some of that handfuls of, pur- of purpose we're talking about. The, those times to where you're on the bottom, uh, you're lowering a snake's belly, and God lifts you up unexpectedly. Nothing that you had planned or intended to do. But I want to say to you that this, those just so those ju- it just happened. It just so happened. You know when those times occur within the parameters of your obedience. You know, some, that, that's the problem with the experience crowd. They want to place their experiences, the just so happened experience over and above and outside the parameters of God's Word. Brother, I don't care what it is, you say. Well, it was real. Well, just because it's real don't mean it's right. The devil's a counterfeiter. Amen. Janice and Jabrees were able to imitate the miracles of Moses. And we've got an entire generation that's amen that, that, that amen is basing their faith in and upon the experiences either of themselves or some someone else. And many times those experiences fall outside the boundaries of the Word of God. Amen, God'll move in your God'll work in and through your experiences, but if he's working, it's going to always occur within the parameters of Scripture. And if it doesn't, you better uh, avoid your experiences like a snake. Amen. I've heard people say, well, I don't care what the Bible says. I know what happened to me. Amen. That's foolish. Amen. Uh, amen. If uh, Listen, if, if you lose faith in your Bible, you ought to... Quit serving Jesus and find something else. That's a strong statement, but that's, that's what I believe. My faith is founded on, thus saith the Lord. Right. But it just so happened, by way of her obedience, her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging to Boaz. That was the providential, sovereign hand of God working in and through the life of Ruth. It was a visitation. And it also just so happened, and I'm reading into it, that Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. You say, Preacher, what's, what's occurring? A, di- a divine appointment, uh, a, a divine orchestrated arrangement in and through the lives of Boaz and Ruth. God worked it out so that, Amen. Hey, kind of reminds me of the Damascus Road experience. Saul was headed to Damascus to persecute the Christians. Amen. And God intervened. He had a divine, he, he had a supernatural encounter with the Lord of glory. And it wasn't at the foot of his bed after he'd been eating uh, leftover pizza. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, one of my former pastors, Dr. Melvin Aiken, uh, we were at Trinity Baptist Church in Asheville, North Carolina at the Jubilee one year. And he preached. A message about divine appointments, Amen. And brother, you need to be—that's why it's so important for you and I to be close to the Lord, Amen. To be in fellowship with the Lord, and we're going to see that at the end of this chapter how it was important for Ruth to stay close to the reapers. Because, Amen. When you're following the Lord from afar off, if you're not careful, you'll miss out on those divine appointments. You won't recognize them. And God's trying to give you, hey, boy, I tell you what, Ruth's life, her, both her and her mother's in law's sustenance was dependent upon whether or not she was in the will of God, amen, to experience the divine encounter that God had for her life. I don't want to miss out uh, on an opportunity to get into the harvest field, do you? Yeah, man. Praise the Lord. He visited the field, verse number five. Then said Boaz and his servant that was set over the reapers, "Whose damsel is this?" You say, preacher, what was it? It was love at first sight. Now, why in the world would Boaz, this wealthy Jewish man, fall in love with this poor servant Moabite girl that didn't have, didn't didn't know whether she is going to have any food to eat? I mean, again, I may be reading into the text, but. She is probably, I mean, not well-dressed. She might have even been dirty. Her hair, what? But boy, there's just something about Ruth that caught the attention of Boaz. That's part of that contradiction uh, of sinners against Himself that Jesus, uh, amen, how a holy God would be willing to love uh, unholy sinners. Amen. If you ever figure that one out, brother, Amen, you'd be better than, than, than all of the theologians in the world put together. How that a holy God would commend His love towards unholy sinners. But He did. Boaz could have fell in love with any damsel in the field. But his eyes fell on Ruth. Amen, I'm sure there were some that were dressed better than Ruth was. Smelled better than Ruth was. Smelled, looked better than Ruth. But boy... Boaz wanted Ruth. Amen. He wanted the the outcast. He wanted the one that didn't even deserve to be
2: there.
1: There was just something about that Moabitess that caught the eyes of her kinsman redeemer. Oh my goodness. I'm thankful for the love of Jesus tonight. Aren't you? Amen. He loved me before I first loved him. Amen. And that brings us to Amen. Uh, the prohibition, verse number 6, and the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. Now you would think, you say, Preacher, what, would, what should have Boaz's next step have been to kick her out of the harvest field? Because the Moabites had no place in the harvest field of the Jews. By law, she should have been kicked out. But this is not a story according to the law, brother. It's a story of God's amazing grace. A determination. Verse 7, she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers amongst the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. I don't know, maybe... And again, I'm just reading between the lines, and this isn't, don't you even think that I, I'm, it, my words are not inspired, but I'm just saying, uh, could it be that, again, she might have walked into that field at knowing that she wasn't welcome there, so she just kind of wanted to 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 be incognito, so to speak, and undercover, and didn't want to stand out in the crowd, amen. Didn't want to call any unnecessary attention to herself, but boy, this reaper had already uh, uh recognized her amen and but here's the thing i want you to see that she didn't just uh come and pay a visit and uh amen maybe maybe by this point in time through the morning hours she hadn't gleaned any harvest but she didn't quit she didn't give up she didn't go home but she continued to work in the field believing that harvest would come isn't that great she was persistent in her efforts Uh, Amen. But it it, it was also a request of mercy. She didn't have any credentials. She didn't have uh, any authorization. Uh, She wasn't given permission. But her being in uh, the the harvest field of one of the most wealthy and powerful men uh, in the land at that point in time, amen, she was at the total mercy of Boaz. Brother... I don't deserve to be in the harvest field. Amen? I ought to still be back in Moab. Right? And again, we do not appreciate the fact that the Lord, our kinsman, Redeemer, has given us a, uh, Amen, an do- a open door of opportunity. We've got a key to Daddy's house. Hallelujah. And we can come glean in His field any time we so choose to do so. Isn't that Wonderful. Boy, I could preach tonight if y'all would help me. Amen. Initiation. Boaz said unto Ruth, Hearest thou not my daughter? Notice that, amen, that Ruth didn't come to Boaz, but Boaz came to Ruth. Amen. Uh, Listen, do you know why you're in the harvest field tonight? It's not because... You came to Him, it's because He came to you. We love Him. Do you know that Bo, your heavenly Boaz fell in love with your sorry soul before you ever laid eyes on Him? My goodness. Uh, in fact, you and I are not naturally attracted to our kinsman Redeemer. But for some reason, He was attracted to us. Isn't that wonderful tonight? To know that he took the first step in establishing a lifelong relationship with you and I. Dirty dog more about Gentiles. Now my wife, she initiated things with me and her, she flat out begged me. I know, that's right Beth, did the same with you, right will you? I mean, tears flowing. Oh baby, I can't live without you. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) For somebody had to take the first step, and I'm thankful that in the love relationship that you and I have with our kinsman, Redeemer, we had somebody, amen, that was willing, and not only was he willing, but he wanted to identify himself with a no-good Moabite Gentile. Praise the Lord. I'd say I'll sleep out in the doghouse tonight over that one. She's ignoring me. Yep, man. Now there's an invitation. Now remember, she was there without permission. Amen. But Boaz gave her special permission. He gave her an invitation. Verse number 8, Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Do you notice that Boaz didn't view Ruth the Moabitess being in his harvest field as an inconvenience? He, he, didn't, he didn't say, well, you know, just get, get you a little grain, and get you a little corn, get you a, little, get you a few sheaves, and then move on to the next field so, so everybody else can... No, he said, I want you in my field. She didn't even deserve to be there, but Boaz wanted her too. Amen? Uh, and again, I, I know I'm kind of being... But seriously, it's almost like Boaz was jealous of Ruth. You know, when we fall in love, we don't want the one we're in love with to lay their eyes on any other but us. And that's what we see taking place here in the relationship with Boaz and Ruth. She was worthless. She had nothing to offer her kinsman redeemer. But amen, it was love at first sight. And he said, I don't want you in nobody else's field. I want you to stay here with me. (laughs) Hallelujah, glory to God tonight. Protection, I and mean, it just keeps getting gooder and gooder. I mean, not only did he give her access, not only did he 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 basically, uh, Amen. He uh, he aggressively pursued her and wanted her. Amen. He 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 had a desire for her to labor in his field, but now he took it a step further. He said he's going to protect her. Verse number nine. Have not I charged the young man? But they shall not touch thee. I mean, amen, Boaz put a hedge of protection around that Gentile Moabitess. <laughs> All because he loved her. And she ain't done nothing for him. She was desperate. Just doing, doing whatever she had to do just to get her, uh, amen, from, from one day to the next. And Amen, she just happened to meet this man that changed her life. Not only did he protect her, but he provided for her. Verse number nine. Hey, and when you're thirsty, can you see the demonstration of love? I mean, this guy, uh, this guy just, I, I mean, he was, he was, he he fell in love. He was head over heels in love with this girl. He said, When you're thirsty, go to the vessels and drink of that which the young man have drawn. I, I, I mean, he was. He was giving this Gentile Moabitess, this young lady named Ruth, who shouldn't have even uh, been in his field, but he was paying her special attention and he was treating her better than he did anybody. He said, I want to make sure you got plenty of water to drink. How many of you are thankful that, that, uh, amen, that our kinsman Redeemer, not only is he a God who's promised to protect us. Amen and to shield us from our enemy. Amen. But he's also there to supply each and every need that we have. She came into the field looking for some leftover sheaves. Amen. She had a she left with a with a a, a, a Jewish guard dog and an unlimited supply of water from the owner. Yeah, man, humiliation. Well, she responded the way you and I ought to respond when we think about uh, how good our kinsman redeemer's been to us and how he's provided for us and taken care of us you know it's an insult of all insult for us not to be satisfied with uh, gleaning in the harvest field of our heavenly Boaz what do you think Boaz would have thought if, if Ruth, Ruth would have said after all he did for her she just said well that's great but I think I'm going to go somewhere else You know, I mean, what you're doing for me, Boaz, is great, but I think I'm going to go back to Moab. Just like the Israelites. Amen. God had just parted the Red Sea for them, but then the next thing you know, they wanted to be back in Egypt. You know, it's a great insult for us to to not be satisfied. You know what the Bible says? that It's possible for us to literally become weary with the Lord's table. Amen. You know, the fact that I am not just saved, but I'm a servant of the Most High God... That's a privilege, brother. Doing God's work, laboring in His field, preaching the gospel, playing the piano, whatever it is you do uh, for your heavenly Boaz. Brother, if it ever becomes, uh, amen, an inconvenience to you or a grudge or something, uh, an obligation rather than opportunity, you need to get right with the Lord because you're insulting your heavenly Boaz. Amen. That's right. She fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, she, real, she realized, and this goes back to what we preached this morning, that she was not worthy, but was still welcome. Hey Amen? Amen? Do you know, we're, we're not worthy, but we're still welcome. I don't deserve to have access to the field of my heavenly Boaz. But I've still been given access. And I'm still welcome into His field. Now there's a compassion. And here's the question that she asked. Why have I found grace in thine eyes? We see two words occurring over and over through this book. They are the words grace and they are the word kindness. Loving kindness in the Old Testament is equivalent to the word grace in the New Testament. In other words, again, she didn't deserve it, but she just got it. She wasn't worthy of it, but Boaz gave it to her anyway. Amen. And they hadn't even made it through a day of their relationship and their walk. They were not even married yet. But I mean, she was blown away that Boaz had been so good and gracious to her. Consideration that thou shouldest take knowledge of me. Why would Boaz give Ruth the time of day? Why would our heavenly Boaz, uh, the fact that he would, we would even catch his eye? all that He has going on, all of the responsibilities that the Lord our God has, but yet He knows us, He loves us, and He pays attention to our needs. Amen. What what a privilege of all privilege it, it is for us just to associate with and identify with our heavenly Boaz. Disposition especially. Amen. I'm not even a Jew. I'm a stranger. I'm a Gentile. Now there's a recognition And he answered and said to her it hath fully been showed to me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of the nativity and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. You you say preacher what's the point? Boaz paid attention to Ruth. He was concerned about her. He knew about her. In other words she she could not say that nobody cared about her because she had somebody that was very well Concerned about her story. You know, that's one of the reasons that we find ourselves hopeless in life, is because the devil convinces us that nobody cares. Nobody's concerned. Uh, Amen. We're going through all these things and nobody even knows about it. But brother, I'm telling you, you've got a heavenly Boaz that is very well acquainted with your story. You say, Preacher, how do you know it? He's the one that wrote it. Hallelujah. Amen. He was aware of her story, but still wanted something to do with her. The compensation, verse number 12, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel. She was rewarded for her faithfulness and her obedience. Brother, I want to say to you that our heavenly Boaz one of these days is going to give us a reward. Amen. We may not receive the handfuls of purpose on life until we get to heaven, but one of these days, we're going to receive a reward from heaven's table. Fortification, verse number 12, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward. Excuse me, no, that's not. Uh, amen. Look with me at the end of verse number 12. The end of verse number 12 where the Bible says here, Amen. Of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Isn't that a wonderful description? Amen. She was, she, amen. She was a stranger in Moab, But now she was living in under the shield, the shelter, and the wings of the God of Israel. Man. Verse number 13, of consolation. She said, let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for thou hast comforted me. I mean, we could just make a list. We could brainstorm and, and write down all of the things that in the space of one single day that Boaz had did for this unworthy Gentile Moabitess. and Nothing else, he comforted her. Amen. How many of you know what it is to be comforted by you, heavenly Boaz? Now there's a conversation, and for that thou hast spoken friendly. Now, that may not seem like a big deal, but for somebody that was somewhere where they didn't belong, uh, they didn't have authorization or the credentials to even work in Boaz's field, and when he found out about it, he, sh- he could have kicked her out and sent her packing back to Moab. But instead, the Bible says here that he spoke friendly unto this unworthy girl. Amen. Aren't you thankful the Lord was, Lord's friendly? He's your friend. He is that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Amen. He's faithful. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll go with you all the way into the, even into the end of the world distinction man! i just love this amen i feel like i'm blowing it but i'm just telling you i love these truths. listen to this though i be not like unto one of thine handmaidens, i don't look like all these other girls amen i'm an, i'm of a different race or a different ethnic group they're jews i'm a gentile i stick out i stand out i'm the oddball i'm a peculiar person and he said you're the one i want amen she could not believe she was blown away that boaz would want anything to do with her the exaltation (laughs) it's just getting gooder and gooder he said unto her at mealtime come thou hither i want you to eat of the bread and dip thy morsel in the the vinegar and she sat beside the reapers and he reached her parched corn he was she wasn't just reaping amongst the maidens anymore. She wasn't scrounging, uh, scrounging around after leftovers. She was sitting at Boaz's table. Just like Mephibosheth, amen? Amen. Boaz loved her so much that he gave her a place of privilege sitting at his table. Now, hey, she come in looking for leftovers. Now she is feasting on parched corn and dipping the morsel of bread into the vinegar. Amen. And not only that, Amen. She was satisfied. Verse number 15. Uh, Amen. And she did eat and was sufficed and left. Reminds me of how I felt on Turkey Day. Glory to God. You know why so many of us, Amen, have been acts of sleepy. Amen. I thought I should have brought my taser out tonight. And every time Pam's started nodding off, I should have hit her with that taser. Amen. Perked her up a little. You know why? Because, Amen. We've been satisfied by what we eat this week. All the meals, all the good food, all the turkey. They say turkey makes you sleepy. I believe it. I took a nap in between meals on Thursday. Hallelujah. Right? But listen, she she got her belly full and eaten from the table of Boaz. Amen. And she left sufficed. Man, we went to Texas Roadhouse. I'm trying to give every, any kind of I- illustration to get y'all... Uh, involved in the message tonight. Maybe if I start speaking in tongues, that'll wake you up. Hallelujah. Denise says, no, we don't want none of that. Hey, uh, I went to Texas Roadhouse last night. Can I just tell you what I ate? You know, they used to bring you you those, uh, I know it's time to go home. I'm just tormenting you now. Uh, Amen. They used to bring you those peanut containers, and you got to drop the shells down on the ground. Now they just bring you back, but you got to request them. Brought me a bag of peanuts, and man, I ate so many peanuts, I could have left full on that. Well, Holly had a, since it was her birthday, uh, amen, she got a free appetizer, and they brought us a big old thing of cheese fries, and man, we just, we, we eat them cheese fries, and amen. then I, I ordered my entree, and the next thing they brought me was a big old salad. And I love Texas Roadhouse salad, because they still put egg on it. Amen. Che. Glory to God. I was in heaven. Uh, amen. That was some handfuls on purpose. Can I get a witness? And I eat that salad. And they'd already brought us one tray of rolls. And I eat. We eat one tray, and they brought us another tray of rolls. And Amen. And before my steak and sweet potato ever come, I was full. But you know what? I didn't turn it down when it came. And I'd went there for my birthday. I believe Miss Ellen had give us a gift card for our birthday. And I went and, amen, me and Holly and the girls got in a fuss fight on my birthday, amen. My goodness. And then I got my steak and it was was overcooked. Ain't nothing worse in the world than an overcooked steak. Praise God last night. I mean, that thing was still, that cow was still pumping blood. Amen. Every time I put my fork in it, blood had squirted out. I said, hallelujah, this is going to be good. I ate every bit of that thing. I even licked the grease off my plate. Amen. Sweet potato, brown sugar, hey, butter. I mean, just I think I even ate the pill and I I don't think there was there was anything left by the time I was through. You say, Preacher, what'd you do? Well then we stopped and got ice cream on the way home. You say, what do you call that? That that, that that's that's called being sufficed when you pull up to the table. Amen. But that's how Ruth was when she left the table of her kinsman redeemer. Friend, I'm telling you, the bread and the meal that you can, every time you have special privilege, amen, to uh, scoot up to the table, you've got a chair, amen, and and I'm telling you on a daily basis, your heavenly Father provides a fresh cooked warm meal for you. And if you're living your life malnourished, you have nobody to blame but yourself. Right? Because there's plenty of food at Daddy's house. Glory to God tonight. I gotta quit. Amen. Instruction. Verse sixteen She was risen, she when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young man, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. Give her free access. Don't limit where she can go, but let her go anywhere she wants. And then there's a maximization, verse 17. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her and lead them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. Amen. Do you see that He loved this girl so much? Amen. She came in looking for leftovers and He made sure that when He was in her field that she got the best. Amen. God, listen. Amen. God loves you too much to leave you with leftovers. He's going to give you the best. Amen. And every single day you live, there'll be a fresh. uh, He may not give you an abundance, but he'll give you enough. He'll make sure you're took care of. He'll make sure that you're properly fed spiritually. Amen. Amen. And I have yet to see the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg for bread. Presentation, verse number 18. She took it up and went into the city, and her mother in law saw what she had gleaned. Do you think? Let me ask you something. You think Naomi expected her to bring anything home from the field not knowing what had happened while she was there? No. I don't think. I think that Naomi expected Ruth to come home empty. Amen. Reservation. And she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. In other words, Boaz blessed Ruth so much that she had leftovers. She had extra. To take home to her mother-in-law reminds me of the little boy with lunch, twelve baskets full left over. Some said, "Well, that's one for each disciple." I believe, yeah, one one for each disciple to carry back to that little boy's house. That's what I believe, Amen. Because God will reward you for your obedience! Exclamation, verse number nineteen. Her mother-in-law said unto her, "Where hast thou gleaned today? And where? What? Where did?" De- what in the world? Where did all this come from? Who did this for you? And brother, that's, all, that's a way we ought, to, we ought to just praise the Lord and bless His name because of how good He's been to us. Transformation. Blessed be He that did take knowledge of thee. And here's what I want you to see. See, this story's not just about Ruth. Amen. Because Naomi. Hey, God bless... God blessed the church through our heavenly Boaz, but He ain't finished with Israel yet either. And and we're going to see that God restored everything that Naomi, Naomi had lost. One of these days, God's going to restore Israel completely. Is He not? But there was a time when this book started, Naomi was bitter, now she's blessed. God can take your bitterness and turn it into a blessing. Description, and she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought and said the man's name with whom I wrote today is Boaz. Naomi said unto her daughter, Blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness. Grace, God was gracious, she said, to the living and to the dead. Now Naomi wasn't dead, but she viewed herself as being as good as dead. But friend, I'm telling you there's hope for the hopeless because our God is a God of grace. Relation Naomi said unto her, the man is near akin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. We'll talk about the law of the kinsman redeemer next week. A communion. Here we go. And Ruth the Moabite said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. In other words, there was a stipulation. I mean, Ruth, every single day because of her kinsman redeemer, because of her heavenly Moaz, she could walk into that harvest field anytime she wanted and get anything she needed. Water, uh, protection, you, uh, amen, shelter, you name it, whatever she needed, Boaz was going to make sure she was taken care of. But she had to be willing to go to the field. She had to stay near her kinsman redeemer. And brother, we as Christians, we think that, I mean, we just think it's going to fall in our laps. You've got to do your part. You can't expect to be blessed if you don't ever open your Bible. Amen. You, you can't expect, amen, God to give you that special blessing that you stand in need of if you're not ever willing to get down on your knees and pray and ask God to help you. You say, I can't fi- I can't figure out why I'm, amen, my, my kids and my life remind me more of, of uh, amen, uh, the two sons, Malon and Chilion. Amen, sickly. Well, You can't expect them to get fed if you don't bring them to the restaurant. Hallelujah. You know, the stipulation was that she stay close to his young man, a position. She said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it is good. (laughs) Isn't that great? My daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, (coughs) that they meet thee not in any other field. One days of Ruth, Running around and hanging out with her kinsman redeemer. Her mother-in-law Naomi, the only expression she could come up with, it's good. How many would say that about your kinsman redeemer? Everything he does for you is good. Amen. Submission. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest. Now remember, they had just come out of the famine but now God had given them a special place of privilege to experience an abundance and a bounty through the harvest season. You know what comes immediately after the famine? The harvest. Amen, as long as we stay close close to the Lord, amen. As long as we make sure that when amen God uh, pours out His blessings, on Bethlehem Judah, that he finds us faithful in Bethlehem Judah rather than Moab, we'll we'll be able to feast off of the blessings and the bounty of the harvest season. Occupation. She dwelt with her mother-in-law. Once again, Ruth's access to Boaz's field was dependent upon her relationship with her mother-in-law. The church's access to Jesus Christ comes to us by way of God's chosen people, the Jews. Amen. We better be thankful for God's chosen people because without them, amen, it's uh, amen. just like what God said to Abraham. He said that in thy seed shall all the families of the world be blessed. You know why I'm, I'm pro-Jew? Because the Jews are what gave me Jesus. Let's all stand tonight. Father in heaven, I love you. Done my best to preach this chapter, Lord. I do feel like I've done it. It is service, but God help me to be faithful to glean in your field, Lord. We talk about handfuls of purpose. God, you, you're a God that's able to do for us more so than what you've ever done. You love us when we were unlovable. You loved us when we didn't even know you existed, we were already on your radar. God, you established a lifelong love relationship with us. And you have provided us with an unlimited, with unlimited access to an unlimited supply of fresh grain in your harvest field. Father, whatever it is we need from you, It's available. Provision, protection, comfort, hope. Lord, if we just need somebody to talk to, You'll talk to us. You'll never stand us up. You'll never leave us hanging. Father, when we spend time at Your table, we will be satisfied. We're going to leave full and not empty. Oh, God, Lord... If there is a lesson in the book of Ruth, so many people are empty when they should be full. And the reason is they're spending more time in Moab than they are Bethlehem Judah. Lord, they have a special place of privilege at the Father's table. Every time you prepare a a meal, there is a seat with their name on it. Special privilege. Access. Under the unlimited supplies the reservoirs of grace. I have access, Lord, into anything and everything I need. Well, Lord, it's up to me to be willing to go to the harvest field. And God, You're not going to bring it to my door. It's not DoorDash, Father. i got to do my part. And Lord, if I just be faithful, Present and accounted for in the harvest field. Lord, I believe we will reap a harvest. God, I need harvest in my life. Lord, my family needs a harvest. This church certainly needs a harvest. Lord, help us not to lose hope because we've spent time in the famine. Lord, all the famine does or should do for us is help us to look forward to harvest season. God, You have promised to supply our needs. So if we're malnourished tonight, it's because of us and not because of You. Lord, I love You if somebody needs to come help him to respond. Lord, help us to be thankful. Help us to be satisfied with Your table. God, You have invited us. Father, You don't want us to leave Your field. Lord, You're jealous over us with a holy jealousy. Lord, You love us, and we love You because You first love us. But Lord, help us to appreciate the fact that we have a place in Your harvest field and at Your table. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of his shun purchased of God. Born of his spirit. Washed in His blood, saying tonight. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. PRAISING MY SAVIOR ALL THE DAY LONG PERFECT SUBMISSION PERFECT DELIGHT VISIONS OF RAPTURE NOW BURST ON MY SIDE ANGELS DESCENDING ring from above echoes of mercy whispers of love sing it out tonight this is my story this is my song praising my savior
0: all the
1: day long this is my story This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. On the last perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior, and happy and blessed, This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior. Sing that chorus one more time unto heaven, let's worship Him. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, if you're glad you come to church today, say Amen. Amen, Lord bless, Lord help, and I can't speak for anybody else, but I can say myself that it has been good to be in the Lord's house, amen. So let's get out in the harvest field this week, and let's trust the Lord to give us a harvest, give us a reward for our labors. Not sitting around at Naomi's house waiting for them to come to us, let's go out to them. Tell somebody about Jesus. Invite somebody to church. Give a gospel track. Amen. We're going to have these packets definitely ready by Sunday. By next Sunday, we'll have these packets ready, uh, and we're going to go out to the, the parade. You say, well, I may have to miss lunch. Amen. Well, I don't see anybody in this place that couldn't afford to miss one meal. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right, William, you dismiss us in prayer tonight.